from San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about making it through the first 10 years of parenting. And that's a decade that uh, most people don't think about in and of itself on its own. But as we were reflecting this weekend, it really impacted us that not only has it changed our marriage, Mm -hmm. but we know it's changed the marriages of a lot of you. And as we start today's show, I want to share this quote that I found on Pinterest. It said, God has a purpose for your pain, a reason for your struggles, and a reward for your faithfulness. Don't give up. Mm. And even though I I said at the beginning we're going to be talking about parenting, this show really does relate for any of you that are going through a a decade, a season that is challenging because we all have them. And and as we look at different seasons of our lives, um, you can see that those, that pain the struggles um, are very real. And so that you're going to be able to get a lot out of the show, even if you don't have kids. So stay with us. Today's show is brought to you by the One Extraordinary Marriage Seven Days of Sex Challenge. And I've got a question for you. What if seven days could change your marriage? What if you could make each other a priority for seven days in a row? If you did, what would your marriage look like next week, next month, or even next year? The Seven Days of Sex Challenge is that guide. This is a book that has been helping couples just like you rediscover not only the physical intimacy in their marriage, but the emotional intimacy as well. Get your copy today at sevendaysofsex.com. And I had to bring up this book today as the promo because of the fact that we got a We Did It last week. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that are brand new listeners to One Extraordinary Marriage, a We Did It is when we get an email or a voicemail from a couple that has done a seven days of sex challenge or longer, because we know those of you that have gone above and beyond are out there. But this came in and I'm so excited to share it with you. The wife wrote in and she said, we did it. I wanted to write in and tell you that after a couple of different attempts at getting started, we completed the seven days of sex challenge. It was a bit of a challenge considering at day four, we got into a large disagreement that boiled down to personal perception and misunderstandings that snowballed. Day four is always hard. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. It's the middle. You're getting tired. Life happens. I love that she said that it boiled down to personal perception and misunderstandings. Right. She goes, we started on Monday and continued throughout the week. The only day that we didn't have penetration was on Saturday, but we laid together completely naked, cuddled, and talked for about an hour. The only reason that we didn't actually have sex was because we were both sunburned and the sun had sapped all of our energy. Wow. But I remember you saying that we can adapt our challenge to fit our needs, and that's what we did. After Saturday night, we did, however, have sex Sunday night. So we did six out of seven days of sex and one night of just hanging out naked. Awesome. And I love that because it's true. The seven days of sex challenge is about what you make it to be when the two of you are communicating about your sex life. When the two of you are saying, you know what, this is, this is going to work. Cause we had somebody, another couple, we were sharing seven days of sex with the other day and they asked us, they're like, well, what technically defines sex for the challenge? And we said, well, that's up to you. You know, we have our definition when Tony and I do the seven days of sex challenge and this couple, they did it because they had their definition. Right. And 
uh, you know, this is a couple that has emailed into us before. And so I kind of have a little bit of background on their story and where they are now doing this challenge. Those questions that I asked, you know, what if one week could change your marriage? What if you could make each other a priority for one week? What would happen? This couple is living proof that change happens, Mm. that they are in a better place by making each other a priority, not just about the sex, but about the emotional intimacy as well, working through their challenges because they committed to seven days. Yeah. So today's show, and this is one that, you know, I'm kind of fired up about in a good way. I'm not bringing the hammer this week. I know sometimes I do that when I get all fired up. But Tony and I were talking about the first 10 years of parenting. Yeah, well, we were out on a walk this weekend, this past weekend. And, you know, I was just looking back, even on just my life, 42 now, I turned 42 last month. And, you know, I was just, I was just talking to Elise and I'm like, what happened to my thirties? Like, where did they go? You know? And that got us to talking about this, this decade, you know, of parenting. Um, I was a dad at 29, the first time 29, Mm -hmm. and then at uh, 32 Mm -hmm. with the second one. And so we began to just discuss this decade and what, what happened in that decade and for many of you who've been listening to us, you've heard over half of that decade. If you've been with us since the beginning. Yeah. Right. Um, and then there was stuff that happened before we started podcasting and, and sharing one extraordinary marriage in our lives and, and marriage and our, and our passion for, for you know changing marriages around the world. And so that's where it really sort of the impetus of this came from. And so that's what we're really going to start talking about. And where we've been and where we've gone and where we're going. And knowing the emails that we get from a lot of you, I know that we're not alone in what we're going to be sharing today because, you know, we, like Tony said, I mean, I was 20, I was a year younger, so 28 and 31 with the kids. So, and our youngest is turning 10 this year. Mm -hmm. So we're coming out of 12, the first 12 years of having extra bodies live in our house. Um, But for simplicity's sake, we're just going to call it a decade. And, you know, with your firstborn, it's so crazy because you get, you know, they send you home from the hospital or the birthing center or wherever you've had your child and there's no manual, right? It does not matter how many books you've read or whatever you've, you know, the information off the internet or all these types of things. Your child does not come with a manual. And for a lot of us, we're winging it. There's all these people with great advice, you know, grandma says do this and mom says do this and, you know, how to, what to expect when you're expecting in the first year and, and, you know, every internet site devoted to, you know, raising good, healthy kids is great until your child does not go to sleep or until you can't leave your child with your spouse because they're so attached to you. That would be my story. Um, I still remember the first time I tried to go to the grocery store by myself and had turned off my phone and had like, I don't know, 20 messages from Tony. Come home. Call me. Get back here. Um, Poor parenting on my end. He's gotten much better. Yeah. I I don't get those messages at all now. But the reality is, is that we're in the state of frazzled and overwhelmed. And that's normal. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that I wish somebody had told me that that was normal that I was going to feel conflicted, that I was going to feel upside down for so much of those first 10 years trying to figure out, you know, am I doing the right thing? I mean, moms and dads, how many times have you asked yourself that? Am I doing the right thing? Am I messing up my kids? I mean, my kids are old enough now that they'll tell me I'm messing them up. Um, You know, so the second decade of parenting is a whole nother adventure and we'll get to that once we get through it. But 
we're just talking the first decade now when they're not so talk back and talkative. But, you know, the other part of this too is that most people don't start having children with a plan for what the goal is. Mm -hmm. You know, like you go and you make a baby and, you know, we all know how that works. Um, But what, what are we producing? What's the goal? What's the end goal for having kids? Right? What skills do we want them to have? What do we want our family to look like? Tony and I were attending a marriage class this past week and the couple that was leading the class, they pulled out their life plan. Mm-hmm. And I just about fell over my seat. I'm like, we don't have one of those. Right? It was so inspiring because they have sat down and their kids are younger than ours. Their kids are like three and I don't know, six months or something. And they've mapped out what their vision is for their family, not just for their business or for their career, which a lot of you have done, right? We go to, we go to conferences, we go to trainings and they say, okay, you know what? We're going to, we're going to create your vision board and we're going to, you know, like what's your five-year plan for your career? Where do you want to be? And all these amazing, amazing things. We don't do that in our personal lives. And it's not just for those of you that have kids, you know, those of you that don't have kids, you know, what's your goal for your marriage? Mm-hmm. We don't, we, we get into this marriage thing and, you know, like we're chugging along. No goals, no plans. For those of you that do have kids, there's this crazy thing going on in our society that says, you know, that if you don't have your kid, um, you know, taking piano lessons by the time they're three, learning three different languages and involved in sports year round, they're probably not going to get into college. And, and I'll be honest, we bought into that to an extent. I mean, poor Alex. I look, we were looking through his baby album the other day at all the different things that he did when he was little. And then we looked at Abby's album. She didn't do anything. Second child syndrome. Because I was like, I figured it out. Right? But we get them over-involved, and which means that we're over-involved. Right? We're, we're constantly running from one activity to another. Like, oh, we've got football today, and we've got basketball tomorrow, and we've got um, silks and gymnastics and music lessons and school and Girl Scouts. And okay. Which leads us to being overstressed and and very irritable and not being able to get sleep. And so that, you know, that turns this, you know, happy family, you know, prior to kids into, you know, our happy husband and wife into just monsters, you, you know, and, and just really, really looking at each other going, what are we doing? Absolutely. And, and we get it. We, we've been there. You know what I mean? So we're we're sharing from our own experiences of of raising kids for the first decade. And it's one of these things where you know there's so much swirling out there that the marriage that the individual growth I think almost takes a back seat. I mean that's really where this conversation came from yesterday when Tony's like where where did the last 10 years go? And you know I started saying, you know what honey, the last 10 years have been like this incubation period. Mm-hmm. which I think they are for a lot of folks, you know, you're kind of doing your own thing sort of under the surface of what the kids are doing. Right. And so these ideas are percolating. These skills are being developed. I'm telling you, those of you that are in your thirties right now, and you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, like there's gotta be more to life and that kind of thing. Wait until you turn 40 for like 40 is amazing. I am so much happier in my forties just individually than I was in my thirties. And that happiness isn't like, you know, I'm, you know, rainbows and unicorns all the time, but it's just a greater sense of who I am. And I think, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think that's something that you're growing into as well. Oh, yeah. And for those of you, I mean, 
for us, that's, that's us having kids in our twenties. For those of you who've had kids in your thirties, you know, that's going to move that, that time frame. So just have a heads up in your mind if, Hey, you know, we had our kids in our thirties, we'll just change that number and, and move it forward 10 years, move it forward 10 years. And, and it's interesting because in preparation for this show, I actually was just doing some research on, you know, like when are people having kids mm-hmm. and when are people getting divorced? Right. Because those two numbers, there's got to be a little bit of relationship there. And so, um, there was an article, two articles that I pulled, one out of parents.com and one out of The Economist. And the 2014 article in The Economist said the average length of marriage in the United States is eight years. Okay, so, you know, that's not very long. And the, so you've got couples that are getting divorced after eight years. Now, interestingly enough, most couples after they get married are waiting two to three years to have kids. So if you put those two numbers together, the kids are somewhere between five and six years. Okay. I remember when my kids were five and six. Mm -hmm. It's a tough time. You're just barely making it out of the, we're not sleeping because somebody wakes up at night. Or if you've had two kids, now you've got, you know, let's say you have that five or six year old. You've bought into the, let's space them every two to three years. So now you've got a five or six and a two or three. Uh, Let me tell you something. That was the same time, that span at five and two was the same time that Tony and I chose to do the 60 days of sex challenge. And you know why? Because our marriage was at that crossroads. Yeah. And at that time we were 11 years married. So we were, th- we were just three years ahead of that, that number that uh, Elisa pulled out of the economist and parent. Right. Because the other thing that we did was we waited six years to have kids. Right. So we, we skewed that. So if you took out three of those years, we'd be right on. Uh, but we were at that crossroads, right? We were in that decade of child rearing where we're like smack dab in the middle thinking, oh my gosh, what are we doing? You know, we do, these guys don't come with manuals. This isn't going the way we thought it would because God blessed us with two incredibly strong-willed children, mm-hmm. which I know will cause them to be world changers. Sometimes I wish they weren't trying to change my world all the time because they're so strong-willed. But you have these two statistics that are like pounding on each other. Right. And compounded with, you know, all of the demands that are on our time. And we've talked about this before. You guys are busy. Right. And so you're busy. You've got these statistics that whether you're aware of them or not are impacting your life because you're in this swirl of just little ones and obligations and no connection with your spouse. I will say, you know, the first part of the 30s was probably the time that in our marriage that Tony and I were most disconnected. Right. You know, because... We weren't being intentional. We didn't have a plan for being parents. Right. You know, it's, um, wow. You know, I, I look back and I just go, praise God. It's a miracle that we're together in, in all honesty. And I hope when we're, we're talking about this, that it clicks for you too, that don't allow that time for you to be disconnected. Don't, don't let the talk in your head stop you from opening your mouth and approaching your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let that time period be a time where you're so frustrated you walk out the door and never want to come back in. But you do time after time just resenting it. Don't let that be that time. Because I will tell you, there's a greater side to it, right? Because I can sit here now and learn from my past. 
And luckily, we made those changes. You know, luckily, we found out that we needed a plan, you know, that we needed to have accountability for ourselves to each other, that we had to be around folks who were pro-marriage. And, and that's where our marriage and our lives changed. And just like any decade of your life, um, this one of, you know, we were talking specifically about the first 10 years of parenting. But like I said, even if you don't have kids, you're going to get some action out of this. You know, we all have to live life intentionally, right? Because 10 years, 10 years can go by in the blink of an eye, just like that. Just a shout out. My dad is turning 70 um, this weekend and he's doing this really neat thing on Facebook. My dad's a writer. And so he is actually like taking each day leading up to his 70th birthday. He's taking a look at one decade of his life, which is revolutionary, full of revelation for me as his child, because obviously I didn't come in. Well, not obviously, but I didn't come into the picture until he was almost 30. And so there's two decades, almost three that I know nothing about my dad, except the stories and he's putting them into words. And, and he even says in both of them, you know, they seem, he's only done two days so far. They seemingly have gone by so fast. And yet when he categorizes what happens in those decades, they're packed full. And that's the same thing with any decade of your life. You know, it goes by just like that. I can't believe my baby's going to be 10 this year. And yet when I look at the albums, when we talk about what's happened in the last 10 years, I'm like, oh my gosh, crazy. I mean, one extraordinary marriage did not exist 10 years ago. There's parts of my life, like I can't imagine the fact that this didn't exist 10 years ago. And yet I know it didn't. And when I look at the next 10 years, I mean, for us in the next 10 years, both of our kids graduate from high school and go to college. We'll have two drivers in our family. I mean, Tony's going to turn 50. I'm going to turn 50. You know, all these things. And so, like, what's the plan for making that happen? What are we doing intentionally to equip not just ourselves individually, but ourselves as a marriage, as a couple, to be stronger in 10 years than we are today? The other thing that we brought into place in this last 10 years was accountability, right? We, we brought in accountability, not just to one another, but bringing other people in. Mm-hmm. And the first time this happened was when we announced we were doing the 60 days of sex challenge to our small group that we were leading. Okay. Right. That was on the first day that we met that small group and, and God bless each one of them. They didn't run out. They just um, said, you know, kind of looked at us with one eye raised and was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting small group. But yeah, it wasn't just them. Over the years, we've brought other people alongside of us. Mm-hmm. Those true friends who are not always just going to say, yes, that sounds like a good idea, but the ones who are going to push back and say, why are you doing this? Does that even make sense with your goals? Because you know what? They actually know what your goals are because you've actually taken the time to write them down and share them, right? That's all part of having that plan. But those friends that challenge you, those friends that are like, you know, they're kind of like your 2 a.m. friends, right? When something goes wrong at 2 a.m., who are the three people that you're calling? I'm saying, I need you now. Yeah, and make sure those friends are like pro-marriage. Um, that, that's, that's, a key, that's a key bit, especially in this, this decade. Because this is a decade, again, where you, you can get a lot of sleepless nights. You, you can be just, just sleep-deprived and, and just frustrated and, and, and on edge. And so somebody who's there, who's telling you that your spouse is a bum, 
that's telling you your spouse doesn't care about you, that's not a person you need to be around. And if that's somebody you are around right now, you need to set up boundaries quickly, like yesterday, and get them arm's length away, if not farther. Because that is not what you need. You don't need somebody spewing you know, pain and hurt and why are you with somebody like that Unless it's true, unless there's emotional abuse, physical abuse, some sort of abuse, we get that. But if it's just that, hey, your, your spouse is working or they're traveling and, and they don't care about you type of a talk, you don't need that. You know, what you need is you need to talk to your spouse and go, hey, there's some disconnect. We need to figure this out. We need a plan. We need to be intentional. So when it comes to friends and family, you know, we've had folks like that and we, we, We've had a, I mean, I'm going to say it, we've had to drop kick them out. I mean, you had to say bye-bye, you know, you, there's no room for you in here because you're not bringing anything good to our marriage. You're actually starting to cause friction mm-hmm. and that's not needed. Sorry. Bye-bye. Yeah. And, you know, as I read those statistics earlier in the show, you know, one of the big changes that we made in our marriage was we made the decision that we weren't going to be a statistic. Mm-hmm. We decided and for those of you that have been around, um, and we'll actually put this in the show notes, we did a show called Divorce is Off the Table. And making that decision is, pro- you know, short, <laughs> next to the do- choosing to do the 60 days of sex when we were, you know, smack dab in the middle of that decade, um, the decision to take divorce off the table, mm-hmm. probably the second biggest decision we've ever made for our marriage. Yeah. And the reason why is that if you're not going to be that statistic that ends marriage after eight years or the other um, period of time where that statistic plays out is the one that's after about 20 years when the kids are all out of the house. If you're not going to be that a statistic, then you have to do life differently. And that's what we've chosen to do. I mean, we, we do marriage radically different than a lot of people that we know. And the reason for that is because I intend to stay married to Tony as long as life shall last. I said that almost 19 years ago in a gazebo, in a winery in Temecula, California, when I pledged my love to him. And there were a lot of years that I did not hold to those vows, especially during this decade when we were sleep deprived, when we were disconnected. And when I say I didn't hold to those vows, it was just, for me, I wasn't committed to it. You know, I actually thought divorce was an option and considered it. And now... Twice. Well, once before that decade, once during... Yes. Yeah. But I'm just saying we've, right. we've considered we've it twice. We've been there twice. And so you know, now that's that's not even allowed in our vocabulary. It never comes up in conversation. And so, you know, it's been interesting as we reflect on this, that our 30s, this first decade of parenting is like a before and after. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really like, we can look at that 10 years and we're like, whoa, first five years, second five years, because the 60 days of sex came right about in the middle of that mm-hmm. a little bit sooner but you know this impact this decision that you're going to stay connected during that first decade of your children's lives that's a generational decision because it's going to have a generational impact because what you do today and no matter where you are I mean if your kids are past this first decade you can still take these ideas of being intentional having a life plan not being a statistic you can still take those ideas and implement them no matter how old your children are. Right. We just really want to speak a lot of encouragement to those of you that are in the first decade because sleep deprivation does wacky things 
to you. And when they're young, they're so needy and they're so demanding. They get demanding as teenagers in a different way. But you know, your little ones, they need you to wipe their butts. They need you to tuck them in at night. They need you to cut their food into little squares. They need the sippy cups. They need the diaper chain. You know, they need, they need, they need. And sometimes you feel like you're giving so much to them that there's nothing left to give to your spouse. And what I'd encourage you today is that the more that you can give to your spouse, the more energy both of you will have to give to your children. Mm. If we change how we're doing things, you know, that do life differently, if we change how we're doing things, then we're going to be better equipped. Mm. As parents, we're going to be able to get through that decade and go, okay, you know what? We're surviving this. Right. And so I would challenge you, those of you with little kids, those of you that are thinking of having kids, those of you that have big kids, create a big, gigantic vision for what you want your marriage and your family to look like. So big, you know, painted in in bold, vivid colors like this giant mural where we live in San Diego. They're painting a mural on the side of this parking garage that's just like crazy big and it's in these bright, vivid colors. And when I look at that, that's what I think about the vision that we should all have for our marriages. And our family is like, bold, be bold. Mm-hmm. And then you need to pray over your marriage because you need to pray over the person that shares your last name and shares your bed. You need to pray over them. You need to pray over your family. You need to pray over your kids because they need your prayers more than you will ever know. And just be bold in what that vision is. Be bold in what you declare for your marriage. Be bold in what you want 20, 30, 50 years from now, I will tell you every time I see an old couple doddering around, you know, one on a walker, one on a cane, and they're just, you know, out holding hands and walking. That's, that's what I declare. I'm like, I want to be that couple. And you know, I don't know, what are they another 50 years? 50? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like, how old am I in 50? 50 is, you know, that's like 91, but I still want to be with Tony. Right. I I want him, you know, saying, Hey, Elise, you're coming at me with those, like that big kissy face. (laughs) right you know it sounds kind of silly to think of him as a 91 year old man doing that that's what i want and i declare it i declare that we will be together as long as life shall last and that's the kind of declaration that you guys need to make for your family especially when you're in those seasons when you're in that decade of time where you're not sure that there's light at the end of the tunnel i promise you there is light at the end of the tunnel yeah. And the biggest way to do this, folks, is you got to find time together. You have to make that time in your marriage happen. You, it, because all those things that Elisa brought up, all that, all that time, all that neediness from your youngins, it's, it's taken a lot out of you. And yet, if you don't take the time for each other, you're, you're going to seriously go five years down the road and be like, gosh, we haven't done anything together. You know, what have we done together? And then that's when we get the email that goes, hey, my spouse is, you know, decided to leave me. You know, I have two small kids in home, at home. My, my spouse is, you know, cheating on me or talking to another woman or what have you. And so be very intentional in planning time in each week. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to this show, you guys, I'm going to tell you, there were years where Lisa and I planned this show. We were behind the mics half an hour to an hour, sometimes on the earlier shows. <laughs> that was our time each week. That was it. 
we made, we were intentional about it, but that half an hour, that hour, that's what drove us and allowed us to stay connected f- until the next week. You know, yes, we would still talk throughout the week and we'd still be connected, but it was this time that we would be behind the microphones talking that really connected us and allowed us to get to the next week and the next week. And realize when we started this show, our kids were seven and four, you know? So we were right smack dab in the middle. So we get it. There were nights when we would be so darn tired trying to get behind these microphones, you know, but we would do it. We didn't say, no, it's okay. We'll do it another week and, and forget about it. No, we did it. And I just want to say the reason that we did it, well, it may seem like it's all about you guys and, and you know, making sure that we put a show out for our audience. The reason that we did it every week was for our marriage. Mm-hmm. It was so that we would, that's why we've never missed a week. In five and a half years, we've never, in fact, when I was going to Kenya a couple of years ago, we, we banked shows just so that we would have that connection mm-hmm. even while I was gone. Because that time, guys, it matters. And you have you can't just say, we'll catch up in 10 years. You can't catch up. You can't get it back. You have to do it now. Yeah. So go out there. It's an awesome desk. It's an awesome decade, but it can be a tough one. And the statistics don't lie. So don't become a statistic. Take time this week, be intentional, plan time together, plan date nights, plan something together so that that decade doesn't just go by you and then you're wondering what happened. Don't let it be that way. Your marriage is important, your kids are important, you're important, all of it comes together. So take that time, pray together, be connected. So when you come out of that decade, you're looking back at each other and going, all right, it may have been tough, but we're still here and we're still moving forward. We love you guys. Have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week.